When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. This podcast is brought to you by... No one. Robert Wally. Oh, thank you, guys. Great job. Smooth operator. <laughs> Klaus, I was saying how I like my uh, Grand Prix weekends just like I like my women. Brazilian. <laughs> but enough ticking around, it's now time to hand the mic over to a man. A man that celebrates Carnival every day of the year in his Speedos. That man is Mr. David Croft. Take it away, Crofty. It's lights out and away we go! Once a week, one man emerges from the pit lane to deliver all the news, discussion, and results of Formula One. Well, that time has arrived. Sit back, relax, for the Park It In My Ferme show. Here is your host, Colby. That is right, ladies and gentlemen. You grip it with both hands because it's your main squeeze, Colby, a.k.a. the Cultopotamus. And if you're traveling along the Amazon River and come across my Fermi, just park it on up in there. It's going to be a snug fit, but we can make it work, as it is the Bucket in My Fairbanks show, the number one comedy F1 podcast in the world, according to my mum. She's never wrong. We have all the news, opinions, discussions, results, reviews, previews, love triangles, sprint race coverage, and more. Ooh, that's if Klaus has typed up my notes properly, Klaus. I'm looking over at you. Don't fuck it up. But it's episode 88, coming at you hard and fast, but don't be soft and slow. The previous 87 are sitting there on the number one website, ready to be downloaded, parkingtomyfermate.com, or better yet, look down at that podcast listening device. You see that sleek subscribe and follow button? Why don't you give that thing a little slap and tickle? That way you can be the first in the world to hear my sexy, smooth, soothing sounds 
two times a week and there ain't nothing wrong with getting down and dirty with the Kildopotamus twice a week. No, 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 no. But don't forget the socials as well. That parking in my Fermi on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Give us a like and a follow. Just do it. Come on, just do it. Do it now. Do it right now. Better yet, slide into those DMs and don't be worried. I'll have my arms wide open, ready to catch you so you don't hurt yourself. But what are we going to talk about today? Well, we are uploading a little bit later than usual today because Klaus had a hot date last night. He was out and about. He was picking up some fellas and we forgot to record. Klaus, can you believe it? But we're going to be previewing everything that's happening at the Brazilian Grand Prix in Sao Paulo. We're going to be talking about Martin Brundle's power in Formula One. Could London be getting its own Grand Prix in the future? The greatest drivers of all time from our top 10 countries and Coldies top five. Coldies top five. Klaus, you're a little bit slow today. But Coldies top five bold predictions for the race weekend as well as much more. Of course, the qualifying has already happened as it is a sprint race weekend, so we're going to cover a little bit of that. But first, I have one itty-bitty request. Please, stop being so overdressed. Calm down, relax, unwind. Change it to something a little more comfortable, maybe a silk robe, a nice kimono, a Brazilian Speedo, perhaps. Grab yourself a nice drink. Something from the top shelf, of course. We're getting fancy when it comes to the drinks, not when it comes to the clothing. No, 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 no. Light some candles, get some oils. Get Just get soaked from head to tippy toe in some of that good stuff. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Make sure you like the socials at Park It In My Ferme on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So we are a little bit late uploading this episode, and I do apologize, but you know what that means? We get to cover some of the stuff that's already happened, so don't be sad. We're still going to prep you for the sprint race coming up tomorrow morning. Don't call it a sprint race. No, 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 you can't call it a sprint race. It's the sprint qualifier. Fuck me, I can't wait till that, you know, technicality's over and done with. But we've got the sprint coming up. We've got the race itself coming up, and we're going to talk about what happened in qualifying because there's a little bit to unpack, including Sir Lewis Hamilton might be in a little bit of trouble. Now look, if you watched FP1 and you watched the qualifying, you'll see that those Mercedes, they are dialed in. All right, we know that Lewis Hamilton got himself an ICE, internal combustion engine, probably borrowed one of 55,000 allocated to Bottas. He got that put in. He's going to get his five grid place penalty for the race on Sunday. It was a good weekend for them to choose it too. Obviously, they had to bite the bullet and get it done. And it's a good weekend because that means he can still race in the sprint wherever he finishes in qualifying. So he would still start at the front of the grid. Get himself three points because the way that car is moving, they would have won that race. However, we may have ourselves a sticky situation because it turns out... That good old Sir Lewis Hamilton over there in that Mercedes has himself under investigation after DRS infringement in qualifying. Now, FIA technical delegate Joe Bauer wrote this, the uppermost rear wing element adjustable position 
were checked on car number 44 for compliance with Article 3.6.3 of the 2021 Formula 1 technical regulations. The requirement for the minimum distance was fulfilled, but the requirement for the maximum of 85mm when the DRS system is deployed and tested in accordance with TD- blah 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 were not fulfilled. The matter was referred to the stewards of the Sao Paulo Grand Prix who have requested a Mercedes team member attend a hearing into the issue at 7.15 local time. Breaches of technical regulations have been known to result in disqualification from results in the past, which, depending on the outcome of the investigation, could see Hamilton forced to start Saturday's sprint race, don't you call it a race, from the pit lane. Now... What does that actually mean? I don't think I don't think there is any hope in hell that he will get disqualified from the race. The FIA won't allow that to happen. But they've got to punish him. If that DRS is opening up too much, giving too much downforce, too much of an advantage on those two straights, then you've got to punish him. And yes, it may be he starts from the pit lane on the sprint. I mean, it's going to be interesting if that's the case because it's almost certainly now Max Verstappen's championship if that's the case because he's going to start from the pit lane. He'll probably make up about seven or eight spots in that sprint because, let's face it, he's going to get the Haases, he's going to get the Williams, he's going to get uh, Giovinazzi, he might get Stroll, Ocon. He, he'll move up. That engine is dialed in. He's got a brand new internal combustion engine. He is tuned in and the way they went in qualifying they were blisteringly quick he was about three or four tenths quicker than max so with that being said is it all done and dusted if hamilton starts from the pit lane in the sprint no no what's max ahead 20 points max has a dnf and hamilton finishes ninth and he's clawed back one point most likely going to get the fastest lap. He's clawed back a couple. You know, it's not over until it's over. Until Max, until the official points are out of hand, I'm not going to say it's over. He's a seven-time world champ. He will find a way. But that's going to be unfolding all of today and into tomorrow. Now, we have a little bit of other news I want to talk about from qualifying. And I kind of want to talk about the results themselves. Because although out in the first qualifying stint, now on the next episode, we'll actually break it down. I'll bring you the highlights. I'll go through each step. But there's something I want to show you and bring up. It's Nick, Nikita Mazepin. He has been dragged through the mud. He And a lot of it's his own fault. He's causing crashes. He's too slow. He's spinning off. He's grabbing titties when he shouldn't be. And then posting it to his own social media. That's when it all started. He's a little daddy's boy who's getting by because daddy's got money. But you know what I was happy to see? How upset he was for that final lap he did in qualifying. Because you know what that's showing me? That shows me he wants it. He wants to be there. He's trying to improve. He is getting better and better. He did still qualify last, but he was two tenths down on Mick when usually it's a second. You know, they are not far off the pace of the Williams, George Russell and Nicholas Latifi, who, by the way, you can clearly see Williams have stopped giving a shit about this year's car 
about five or six races ago. That when we saw George all of a sudden do really well in the wet in Spa in Sochi. Since then, nothing's happened to that car. They are going backwards. And now you can really see the Hasses, they're not that far behind. Yes, their car is woeful, but they're not that far behind. So Nikita, I, I will thank you for showing that raw emotion, for showing just how much of a shit you give, because a lot of people are sitting back here going, nah, he doesn't care. He's just got a free ride. He's not treating it like a hobby. He isn't. And that's what's really exciting. He, he understands he's got himself an opportunity no one else really gets. And he's actually giving a shit. And I'm going to play you that audio in the next episode. But that was just amazing to see. Well done, Nikita. Thank you for showing some human emotions. Because I didn't think you had it in you. I'll be honest. I had, I had no idea you had it in you. But we're not really going to cover too much else of what's going to happen in the Brazilian Grand Prix because I will be going through in a little bit more detail later on my top five bold predictions for the race. Klaus top five bold. Klaus top five. Cody's top Jesus five. Christ, Klaus. You've got to be ready with the buttons. You're the best in the biz, but still, wake up, Klaus. Wake up. But yeah, it's going to be exciting. It's going to be a good weekend. Now, look. There's going to be a lot of battles to look for as well. We've got Red Bull versus Mercedes in the Constructors, but also that Ferrari versus McLaren, and Ferrari just look like they've got it dialed in. I don't know what's going on with Lando Norris. He's sort of... It's like he's he's now fatigued in this whole thing. He's just had enough. He wants the season to be over and to start again. I don't get it. He was sitting third, uh, third or fourth in the in the Drivers' World Championship for some time. And we're talking about, you know, is Perez going to catch him? Is Perez going to even catch Norris? Well, what's happening now? Perez is pushing to try and catch Bottas. You know, Norris has really fallen off a cliff. It hasn't been good at all. But that's enough about the Brazilian Grand Prix. We'll go through it in detail later on. Next episode, I'm going to break down every single thing that happened, all the highlights as well, as I do every single race. Make sure you subscribe and follow if you haven't already, but let's pivot and talk about something else. Sorry for that, I wasn't looking. <laughs> Jamie's looking so good today. Maybe it was that. Look how handsome he is. <laughs> Imagine being that good that they change the rules for you. See, Wilt Chamberlain in basketball, in the NBA, he was that good. We talk about Michael Jordan, MJ, the GOAT. He dominated. Six finals, six championships. His drive and scoring ability, determination, he had it all. But prior to him, Wilt Chamberlain was dominating the game. And I mean dominating the game. Scoring more points than anyone, getting more rebounds than anyone, having more sex than anyone. It was too unfair. They changed the rules. He scored 100 points in a game. He had a game where he averaged 50 points for the entire season. He's, he got 50 rebounds in a game. But they're trying to bring that competition closer together. So they changed some of the rules. F1 isn't a stranger to that. They change the rules all the time. Next year, we'll have cut new car regulations to tighten the field. Make it more competitive. Make the cars follow each other and look and a lot more closely. It'll encourage more overtaking. It's going to be amazing. But even before then, there's one man in Formula One. Formula One's Wilt Chamberlain. Except he slept with even more women. 
than Wilt. His name? Martin fucking Brundle. He changed the game. He changed the rules. And because of Martin Brundle, celebrities on the grid are no longer allowed to have bodyguards there protecting them. Now, when this rule came out, I genuinely thought it was a joke. I honestly thought, oh, it's a satire piece. Ha ha ha, we're having fun. No celebrity bodyguards because Martin Brundle's on the prowl. No. That it is it unfortunately is real. And you're going to hear why it's unfortunate. It might be one of the dumbest overreactions ever. It all started at the United States Grand Prix. Megan the Stallion was on the grid and Martin asked her for a a rap about Formula One, to which she politely, to her credit, just said no, <laughs> laughed it off. But when he followed up with another question, well, Malfoy, her, her PR man, stepped in and said, that's enough, old sport. What, what, you don't believe me? That's how it went down? Klaus, roll the audio. Yeah, it is. Uh, and that's a very big bloke in front of her. I don't think... Uh, Megan, Martin Brundle from British Television. How are you? Megan the Stallion, you're a, you're a freestyle rapper. Um, I think she's happy. Okay, boss. You're a freestyle rapper. Have you got any rap for us today on Formula One? <laughs> I have no rap today, I'm sorry. Uh, who, are you support? who are you supporting in the race? Uh, I can do that because I did. Yeah, okay. She seemed very happy to talk, didn't she? That's very nice of her, and I appreciate that. See, it's fucking cringy. I, oh my God, I can't believe that's actually something that happened. But now as a result, the FIA has said no bodyguards allowed. That may be fine for Chris Bosch and Shaquille O'Neal on the grid, even Ben Stiller. But if you want female celebrities out there, you need them to feel safe. Yes, I understand that they are entering your world of Formula One. But you need to make that world seem warm and inviting. And if celebrities are going to not be allowed to protect themselves, the Miami and US Grand Prix, and especially next year, is going to be bland and boring when it comes to that fanfare, when it comes to that celebrity A-listers coming to your event. I think this is a huge overreaction. Have we had a lot of issues like this in the past? Or was this just an isolated incident? I know what they are trying to do, and I would love nothing more than to see celebrities harassed by Martin Brundle each and every race weekend. But if Beyonce wants to go to the Miami GP next year, you better believe she's bringing her fucking security and entourage, and you better let her onto that fucking grid. And now... Your stat of the week. I'm a stat man! Formula One stat man. Cody's a stat man. Yeah, stats. Uh, I'm a stat man. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Stat time. Yeah. Oh, so much stats. So many stats. I don't know if this intro is even long enough. There's that many stats. Uh, stats, stats, stats. Yeah. Ooh, so many stats. Uh, I'm a stat man. Ooh, I am a stat man. And with the results of Mexico, Max Verstappen now is the king of Mexico Grand Prix. He has the most wins of any driver in Formula 1 history there and has led the most laps there with three wins, 203 laps led. Look, it isn't much, but it's still better than anyone else. But how's this for a stat in the last four races in Mexico? 
Whoever has managed to start on pole has not only not won the race, but not even managed to get on the podium. It was safe to say that Bottas was doomed from the start. And how's that? For your stat of the week, bada 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 He's a stat man! Ooh, that was a good it stat. It was a good stat. Yeah, such a good stat. Such a, such a good stat. You know it was. He's a stat man! Hey, let's go on with the show. Cool, he's pretty cool. Yeah. Alright, gather around. Uncle Cody's going to have a little chat. See, one of the highlights of the Olympics is watching how a whole city and country transforms. The host city. All the new buildings, all the sights, the sounds. It's a magical thing. But in order to host an Olympics, you need to pour billions and billions of dollars into it. You need to build everything to accommodate everyone and everything. And in some cases, it really fucks it all up after the event takes place, as you don't know what to do with it all. All the tourists leave, all the hotels are now empty, stadiums empty, and you haven't got a plan in place. And in some cases, it ends up being more of a burden than a success. Take Brazil, for example. We're going there this weekend. But back in 2014, they hosted the FIFA World Cup. They built some stadiums, spent $11 billion on it. They built one stadium in Manaus, a place you can barely even get to. You have to transport things by boat there and a stadium that was only used for four World Cup games. Locals in Brazil were actually rioting and clashing with police and politicians over having it, and it was a football-slash-soccer tournament, and they kind of loved that sport. See, the great thing about our sport, Formula One, is that it needs only one city to host. You pay the FIA a bunch of money to host it, and they say, yeah, it looks all right. Put a street circuit together, build a purpose-built track, and we will come there. And all eyes will be on you for one weekend. Don't fuck it up. Look, it isn't cheap to put on an event. But you lock yourself into a nice 10-year contract. Then all of a sudden, you can go down in history as one of the great Formula One host cities that bring in tourists and more sponsorship as a result. The brilliant thing about Formula One races is that for the most part, they aren't always in capital cities. They are in some of the remote places we wouldn't even consider. Even putting tracks in that sort of is the charm that goes along with the race. Think of Spa. We love the Belgium Grand Prix in Spa, but it's nowhere near Brussels or Antwerp. It's in a forest near the German border, but it's an iconic circuit. We don't race in Rome, no, 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 no. We don't race in Rio de Janeiro anymore, no. We race in remote cities, places you often otherwise wouldn't visit. Look, seven of the 22 races we've had this year were held in the capital cities. The remaining 15 in cities or towns away from the capital. Smaller towns, smaller cities. I bring this up because the rumours that London want to get their hands dirty have surfaced. They want to host a Formula One race in the heart of the city. Not really sure how that will work, but hey, they want to give it a go. The Daily Mail reported that US investment firm 777 Partners were in talk to develop a new entertainment complex in Newham that will include a Formula One track. The founder, Josh Awanda, said that we are hopeful that this is coming. We are hugely excited about it. There will be an electric atmosphere as the greatest athletes in the world, along with some international fan base and the world's largest companies as sponsors, descend on the docks for race weekend. 
More importantly, we will build a world-class sports and entertainment complex that can serve the community year-round and revitalize the surrounding areas. Look, as impressive as this all sounds, it's now getting to the point where smaller towns and cities aren't going to have the chance to host in the future. Miami Grand Prix is pushing the boundaries, being bigger and better. London GP will do the same. And next, the level of demand from the FIA will go through the roof. Demanding cities and towns do this and that, coming in, raping their resources and then leaving. If things aren't put in place, it's very possible that the FIA are going to soon just become FIFA, but with faster cars. What do you guys think? Let me know over at the socials, at Parker to my firm, eh, on Twitter. Facebook, Instagram. Woo! Big first half done and dusted. Klaus, I'm exhausted. I am. Waking up at these odd times to watch the races over in the Americas. I can't do it. I don't know how you guys over there do it all the time. But hey, I just need a quick refresh. I need to powder my nose. I'm looking a little bit tired. So, uh, Klaus, you know what to do. generations, people would watch cars go by until they finally wanted them to go by fast. Racing was then born. And who was going to talk about all the racing? Why, Caldi, of course. Welcome to the Pocket in My Ferme show, the number one comedy F1 podcast in the world. Here's your host, Caldi. That's right. I'm back. Huge second half coming up. We've covered off the mini preview of the Brazilian GP as well as any breaking news from qualifying. But uh, I've got my top five bold predictions coming up. Talked about London having their own F1 race and Martin Brundle changing the game. But coming up, we're going to look at the top 10 Formula One nations to see if we've selected the top two drivers from each country. Who would win? I'm excited. I am very excited. Klaus, wake up. It's time to get underway. This is Klaus. I, we go through this every episode. This is where you fade me out. Oh, you're doing it now. Make sure you like the socials at Park It In My Ferme on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. That's exactly right. You've got to go like the socials. I'm sick of telling you. Okay. All right. You may remember a couple of episodes ago, episode 86. Are we all the way up to 86? Oh my lord, we are flying through them right now. Holy dooly. 88. We're going to have to do a big celebration when we reach the 100. Of course we do. But 80, episode 86, we started listing the top 10 nations. If we had our own World Cup of racing, who the top 10 nations would be. And then from there, we're about to narrow it down to the top two drivers from each one of those nations to just see how the grid would fill out to see which nation would be the best when it comes to a having a team in Formula 1. I don't know. I'm always fascinated by this. I think I think that's where you get a lot more people involved because right now, what are there, 10 teams in Formula 1? Seven of which are in the UK or six of them in the UK? I mean, we need that global representation. You know, Brazil such a rich history in the sport. they got no one. No driver currently, no team. You know, they need to get involved. So let's go through. Now, I'll list the teams, uh, the nations that we had in there. We've got France, US, UK, Brazil, Australia, 
Finland, Italy, Argentina, Germany, Spain. They're the 10 nations, right? And I understand the problem we have already. So someone like Max Verstappen, although he's never been a world champion yet, he's not in the list. He wouldn't be in the top 20 drivers of all time ready to compete. And there's a lot of other issues we're going to overcome as well. Like when we're talking about Brazil, they've got so many world champions. Same with the UK. We've got to narrow it down to the top two from each nation if they want to compete. So let's start from the very top of the list. We're going to go with France. Now, straight away, without even really thinking about it, Alan Prost, four-time world champ, biggest fucking nose in the world. Honestly, that guy must be hung. Isn't that how you tell now? It used to be always like the distance between such and such and such and such or, or the size of their feet. No, no, no. Apparently, it's all the nose. And if that's the case, Alan Prost. <laughs> and who is going to be your number two driver there? Now, look. France have had a lot of drivers. They have not had a lot of success. I mean, you could stick in Pierre Gasly. He's won a race. You stick in Roman Grosjean. He, the man literally can walk through fire. But I'm going to go with someone like Jacques-Henri Lafitte. I'm sure I absolutely nailed that one. No world championships to his name, but he's won a handful of races, not just one-offs. He's gone out there and he's got a bucket full to his name. Probably butchered that name, actually. But that is my one-two punch from France. Pretty solid. Obviously, all the effort's going to be put into making Prost's car better. But Jacques, he can help you out. He's handy up there. Now we're going to look at Team USA. Now this one, I mean, they've had what? The second most amount of drivers out of any country behind the UK. But they've only won a couple of world titles. They've they've hardly had some dominant performances there. But despite having a bajillion races in Formula 1, they've only won a few. So we're going to have to go, obviously, Mario Andretti. We're sticking him in there. Okay, when you think US motorsport, you think Andretti. Let's stick the godfather himself. Mario Andretti in the cockpit on car number one. Car number two, now look, this is more a psychological thing. I'm putting Phil Hill in there. He is a world champion, yes. And because his last name is Hill, it means he's always going to be in the running for a world championship. Little stat, if you didn't know, every Formula One driver who's got the last name Hill, there's been three, they've all won world titles. So... That must be a rule in Formula 1. So that's my one-two punch from the US right there. Mario Andretti, Phil Hill, they're going to be in there as well. Hey, time to look at the United Kingdom. Now, look, I was going to save this one towards the end, but there is some controversy with this one right here. No-brainer straight away, Lewis Hamilton. Sir Lewis Hamilton, you are knighted while still driving the car. You're the GOAT, no-brainer, seven-time world champ, 100 wins, million poles, and one pussycat doll rooted. That is why you're getting driver's seat number one. See, the UK has a lot to offer with a lot of drivers that are world titles, title winners. Graham Hill, Damon Hill, Nigel Mansell. They're all, even Sir Sterling Moss never actually won a world title, but dominated. He just was behind another driver called Fittipaldi. Ever heard of him? So he never got himself a chance. But... There's one driver I'm going to have to pick over all the others, and that is Sir Jackie Stewart. You can join him. You can join Lewis Hamilton in that car number two. So that is the United Kingdom lineup. Great reserve drivers there. Don't get me wrong. Brazil, you're up next. 
Hey, look. Couple of three times right there. We're going with Ayrton Senna. Three-time GOAT. Car number one. Nelson PK, three-time champ. Car number two. Very solid lineup, if you ask me. And you know what? It could have been... Like, even Rubens Barrichello. When you think number two drivers, you stick Rubens in there. Massa could have got an option. Emerson Fittipaldi, two-time champ, misses out. All right, let's go on to Spain now. Spain now, this was a little bit tricky because really, Fernando Alonso, two-time world champ, he gets in there. But your number two driver? I mean... Maybe Pedro De La Rosa, but Carlos Sainz, really, he's just getting those podiums. But, I mean, Spain's pretty weak when you think about it in this one here. But that's your lineup. You're going with Alonso and Carlos Sainz Jr. Uh, let's have a look over now at Australia again. I mean, about 15 drivers to choose from. Unfortunately, Mark Webber, Big Dick, Danny, Rick, both miss out. We've got to go with some world champs. We're going with Bradman. We're going with Jones. Two world champs. Car one, car two. Dunzo. All right, let's move over to Italy. Four teams left. The Italian outfit. Nino Faluina, world champ there. Got to stick him in there. And Alberto Ascari, two-time champ. 13 wins to his name. That's your one-two punch from Italy. Finland. Ooh, what are they doing over there? Kimi Raikkonen, you've got yourself a seat, sunshine. One-time champ during... An era when really you had to start fending off Vettel, had to fend off Alonso, had to fend off, you know, the end of Schumacher, had to fend off the start of Hamilton. And Hakkinen, two-time champ during the Schumacher era? Yeah, you're getting that driver's seat as well, Sunshine. Get in there. Well done, Finland. Germany. Now, look, without question, Michael Schumacher, seven-time champ. You're in there. I want to stick Sebastian Vettel in there as well. Sorry, Rosberg, you're missing out. Only one championship. I know it was against Hamilton, but look, Seb Vettel, four-time world champ. Oh, he's getting in there. He's getting in there. Nice one-two punch there from Germany. And finally, Argentina. One, Manuel Fangio, five-time world champ. The original GOAT, 24 wins, dominated the 50s. The reason Sir Sterling Moss hasn't won a world championship and is the greatest non-champion ever. He's given Sir Sterling Moss the title of greatest non-champion ever because he won all the championships himself. And his backup driver, we're going to have to go with a little-known man of Carlos Lutherman. 12 wins, buttload of points. Great one-two punch in Argentina. I'm very happy with that. But now we've got to ask ourselves the question, what nation is best? I think it really only comes down to maybe three teams. I'm going to say, like, you're going to have a lot of people scrapping out the back there. But I think it comes down to the UK with Hamilton and Stewart. Brazil, Senna, Nelson Piquet. And Germany, Schumacher and Vettel. That's who it's coming down to. And who, who do I... I mean, obviously, it depends on the circuit. But I'm going with Brazil. Oh, controversial. I know, pissing people off. But hey, that's what I do. My opinion's always right. Everyone else's is wrong. End of discussion. But no, seriously, what do you guys think? Did I miss out on it? Were any drivers stiff? Were there any countries that missed out when I did this a couple of episodes ago? Let me know in the socials at Parking in My Fairmate, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Klaus. Klaus. Look at me. I need my coffee now, Klaus. Please. 
Just give me a nice, nice little, nice little flat white. Or a lumpy brown, am I right? <laughs> no, 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 no. Flat white, please. Yep, yep. No, not in that mug. Mickey Mouse mug? No, no. Grab one of the, the good mugs. The mugs from the top shelf. The Parker there by Fermi mugs. The retro edition and the classic throwback number one company F1 podcast edition mugs. Oh, yes. And you know why I've given you two mugs with two different sizes? That's exactly right. We give the people what they want. And the people want variety. Don't they, Klaus? They want variety. They want a choice. They don't want dictatorship. They don't want to be funneled in. Yeah, you have to have this. You have to have that. No, 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 no. I've got colours. I've got sizes. I've got everything you can imagine is what I've got. And you know why? Exactly right. We give the people what they want. And what the people want is to look good all the time. They want that free shipping worldwide. They don't want to worry about, oh, yeah, it's heavily discounted. The prices are reasonable. But how do I get it to me without paying $20 for shipping? Well, don't worry. Cool Depotamus is taking care of all your shipping needs. And you know why? All right. You know why? I don't even have to. I don't even have to. That's right. Ow. We give the people what they want. Exactly right. And you think that's enough. You think I give you the free shipping. I give you the range of colors, the sizes, the options, the designs by some of the top designers in the world. You think he's given us too much. He's just too generous, too great a lover, too, too sexy, too handsome. Too smooth. <laughs> well, how about I give you this as well? If you use code podcast exclusive five, you get 5% off your total order in checkout because I've got a link in the description below. Park it in my slash merch. You go there right now. Oh, there are some fresh designs for you. Oh, you know why I've done that? That's right. Ow, we give the people what they want. Well, well, well. Make sure you like the socials at Park It In My Ferme on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. That's exactly right. Make sure you do go and like the socials, voiceover man, because I am posting the memes, I'm posting the stories, I'm posting everything I can there to try and get you guys to want to hear me more, to get in touch with your man. Slide in those DMs too. But now, it's time for... Cody's Top 5. Cody's Top 5 bowl predictions for the Brazilian Grand Prix. Now, we've already had qualifying in FP1. So, I'm not even going to look at those. But these are the Top 5 bowl predictions that you take to your bookies. You put millions of dollars on. You make squillions off of it. Then we all share the love. We all retire together on a nice little private island where I've built my own racetrack and the FIA come and have a race there three times a year. Yeah, that's the plan. All right, so get your pens and paper out, kids. Let's write down some of these bold predictions. So here we go, number five. Cody's top five. Cody's top five bold predictions. Pierre Gasly, top five. Telling you that right now. Pierre Gasly, the way he is driving, he was so quiet in Mexico, just sat there, did his own race, and it's going to be a little bit like that this weekend. Pierre Gasly, Alpha Tauri, they are locked in and loaded. He looked great in qualifying too, and in free practice. He's going to be really, really hard to pass and overtake in Brazil. Number four. Cody's top five. I predict a Ferrari's going to be on the podium. Again, they are setting some blistering pace, and if Hamilton needs to get an ICE change, he might even have another penalty because his DRS is doing some funny, funny, funny business. 
I mean, I could see a Ferrari getting on the podium. And that's what I'm predicting right now. I'm not going to tell you which one. No, 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 no. you got to flip a coin and decide that for you. Okay, I will. It'll be Carlos Sainz on the podium because that's what he does best. Number three. Cody's top five. Valdery Bottas is going to win a race and throw everything into shambles because that's what he's going to do. Valtteri Bottas is going to win the Brazilian Grand Prix. That Mercedes is looking so good. They are locked in. They, that, this is like when what Red Bull looked like at the Red Bull ring in Austria. This is what Mercedes is looking like this weekend, and I can already tell from the, the two sessions we've had in FP1 and qualifying, that Mercedes, whoo, they're going to win. And number two... Cody's top five. Top five bold predictions for the Brazilian Grand Prix. Number two, Max. It's going to happen. He's getting a DNF. It's going to happen. Now look. Cody, you've predicted this the last three races and it hasn't happened yet. You shut your mouth. It will happen this race weekend. Maxi Bon, Max Verstappen, DNF, gonna really whew, make it tweet, tweet like a tiger for these last three races after the Brazilian Grand Prix. And the number one. Cody's top five. Cody's top five ball predictions for the Brazilian Grand Prix. Lewis Hamilton, P7. That's where he's going to finish. I think he's going to finish. I reckon he's going to start at the back of the grid for the race, for the sprint race. So when the actual race happens, he'll be probably around about that P13, P14, and he'll get up to P7. Now, look, it's a shorter lap. You know, you can overtake. But I just think I, I just think he's going to get P7. I've got a feeling. I can feel it in my plums. But that's it. Let's recap right now. All Cody's of uh, Klaus. Top five. Wait till I signal to you. Don't just hit the buttons. Oh, you're falling asleep on the buttons. Oh, my fucking God. Cody's top five bold predictions for the Brazilian Grand Prix. Number five was Pierre Gasly. Top five. Number four, Carlos Sainz on the podium. Number three, Valery Bottas gets a win. Number two, Max DNFs. Number one, Lewis Hamilton, P7. That is... Cody's top five. What do you guys think? Come on. I actually, like, you think I don't give a shit about your opinions? You're kind of right. But I still want to hear them. It's good for the banter. It's good for the back and forth. Let me know over at the socials. Our park and in my fair by Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Let's make some money off this bitch, yeah? Well, ladies and gentlemen, that brings us to the end of another show. Episode 88, done and dusted. 12 more to the big hundo. Should hit it before the end of the year, too. And I am super excited for the race this weekend. Brazilian Grand Prix is going to be massive. So you don't want to miss out on these episodes coming up. Make sure you subscribe and follow on your podcast listening device. And go to the socials, too. Our parking in my firm, mate. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Give it a like. Also, you can join the Patreon and support the show. Link in description. Right now, there is one legend. One huge legend, the queen herself, sits atop her throne. Austin, thank you so much for being part of the Legends Club there. And thank you all for listening as well, because I can't do it without you guys. So thanks for listening as always. Thanks for listening.
Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.